0: let fam. Bonjour from Chamonix, France. Of course, I'm your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. It is officially UTMB week, and we are here to enjoy the spectacle and share our love for this amazing sport and this amazing event with you, the global trail running community, trail fans worldwide. This is a special time of year, and we are so happy to be here to enjoy it in person. We're going to be doing a daily show each morning, recording in the heart of Chamonix, covering all the major stories of this year's race. It is a special week-long series we're calling Good Morning Mont Blanc, which you're listening to now. Each day, we'll have a star-studded group of rotating co-hosts to share their expert perspectives about the fields, the conditions, the races, and the results as they happen throughout the week. We're also going to be doing a ton of pre- and post-race interviews with some of the main contenders and the top performers. So make sure you're subscribed here or to our YouTube channel. So you don't miss a single second of our coverage. We are grateful for your support. We really hope you'll follow along and share it with your friends. Finally, thank you to Hoka and Camelback for making the shows possible this week. Make sure you play fantasy, fantasy fantasy.freetrail.com for a chance to win prize packages from these awesome brands. Thank you all so much for listening. Have an amazing UTMB week.
1: Justin Grunewald, Amanda Basham. Welcome to UTMB Week. How are you guys doing?
2: Um, We're good. Yeah, feeling rested. Um, just waiting to run.
3: Yeah, we've been here a while, so chilling now, just getting ready for the race.
1: When did you guys arrive? How long have you been camped out here with the whole family, as I understand it?
2: Yeah, we brought everyone. We've got my mom, both kids, and now my sister and her kid are here. Sweet. Uh, so we have a house full. We've been here all month. Wow. We wanted to come early enough to be able to get some big training weeks in and then just kind of rest.
3: Amazing. And get the kids acclimated.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The kids acclimating took a long time, which meant it took us a long time.
1: (laughs) Before we hit record here, we were just commiserating about parent life, which I want to talk a lot about with you guys here during this conversation. but. Maybe quickly starting from canyons when it was the last that was the last time we all saw each other. Justin, you put together a sick run, finishing third place at the canyons hundred K, which basically gave you qualification to CCC this weekend. But I thought I recall you saying that you were going to be doing UTMB. Was is that a false memory?
3: No, there's a little back and forth UTMB CCC between us, but I think the main objective was Amanda UTMB this year, me CCC, and then hopefully. UTMB for myself next year, Sweet. just juggling the kids would be a bit hectic. Her mom can handle a few hours, but 20 plus hours might not, not go well.
2: Yeah. Well, I remember I was sitting there listening to your guys interview and I remember him saying he wanted to do UTMB, but I told him he couldn't and that I would beat him if he did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that, that brings you to something else I wanted to talk about because... From what I recall from that interview too, you said something about how Amanda had given you some tough love. I think maybe during Canyons. So maybe remind the audience about that. Or remind me about that too. And like, I also what I'd love to get to is like, I think you sort of coach Justin now too, right? Yeah.
2: yeah. So this is round two. Yeah. Uh, we were telling who were we were telling some people yesterday about it.
3: Yeah, we're
1: telling oh, Abby. Abby,
2: yeah. Um,
3: I fired her last year on Mother's Day from coaching me and then bagged my way back at the start of this year. And uh, lots of tough love, but I think we've gotten it out where the tough love stays on the course and then back at home, it's just good love or whatever. What was the <laughs> tough
1: love at Canyons? I'm trying to remember what well, the story was I, there.
3: I don't know if it was a tough love. I'd ran American River like two years ago. And someone got in a car accident, so they didn't switch a sign, so I went way off course. And she basically was like, Why didn't you finish? Like you could like Uh I worked my way from like tenth back up to second, but exhausted myself. And she's like, You could have just like jogged in for a second. And I was like, I love you, but like I don't we can't do this, or our relationship's not gonna make it.
2: (laughs) So he he was kind of blaming the wrong turn on me. Yeah
3: No, not the wrong turn, just the I just want you to feel bad for me. Instead, you're saying I'm a baby and I should have I didn't... Like the wrong turn was a fluke, but then the fact that you're like, be tougher. I'm like, I just can't be tough right now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't have much sympathy.
3: It came full circle. I had this like crazy, I don't know if I like pinched a nerve, but I like couldn't take a step at like mile 55. So I called her and she's like, just stand there, till it like works, fix it, like just do it. So I like, Stretch. there's poison oak everywhere. And she basically, for lack of a better term, just talked me through it. I kind of, like, massaged my SI joint. Adam came by, standing there. Like, unfortunately, there goes the golden ticket. But finally, I took a step in it. I could step again, so I just took off sprinting and finished it out. But it was just her being like, you've been here before. Like, just find a way to get through. Because the goal was to get to the UTMB races. So just had to hang on for top 10, which there was a lot of carnage at that race. So just had to get through.
1: So what is Amanda brought into your training that you weren't doing otherwise?
3: Definitely, I've gone kind of all over the place. Like I started trail running with Mario Farrelly, who was great. I didn't really even fire him. We just became really good friends. And it was like a similar scenario where I was like, Mario, I love you. But if I like pin my running on you, I don't want to ever like be mad at you because I need Um, you in my life. Like he came to like my first wife, Gabriel's funeral and like was there for me massively. mm -hmm. I was just like, let's just be like best friends. And then I moved on. I think the way Amanda and I met was I asked her to coach me after my first hundred K. And then we have, Two kids, and here we are. <laughs> but it doesn't go that way with every yeah. coach. But I've kind of been around. I worked with Swap for a little while, which super great people. But then I just felt like I wanted to run a little more, mm-hmm. be a little more aggressive with my training. And I think Amanda's a good coach for that. Like, And she knows my physiology. Like she knows when I sleep. She knows when I'm awake. She knows when we have a rough night with the kids. She knows my work schedule. So she's been able to really, like, monopolize on I can go hard and then if I work 90 plus hours it's like sleeping getting in treadmill vert whatever you can do yeah. but, uh, so I think it just works well and she's I'd say just like a little bit more intensity and I think sometimes you just need that yeah. otherwise the motivation kind of dwindles when it's like go for a six mile mellow Monday I'm yeah. like I want to go for like a 30 mile mellow Monday <laughs> <laughs>
1: Amanda, anything you want to add about this whole coach-athlete relationship?
2: <laughs> um, well, I did tell him no several times when he asked me to coach him for a round two of coaching. Um, and then I finally gave in. But, yeah, I think um, it's easier in a lot of ways for me to coach him. It's also harder in a lot of ways because I think that's just a lot of stuff for your partner to also do. Yeah, um, And I'm not naturally the most sympathetic person. <laughs> And so, to balance the partner and coach thing yeah. um, with parenting and everything else, and being sympathetic, but also being the coach that needs to be intense sometimes, yeah. is it kind of hard?
1: Yeah, no when to crack the whip and when to be <laughs> yeah. a little bit more understanding. Well, that's yeah. cool. It's interesting, and I think yeah, it adds a lot to your guys' story. Amanda, I recall earlier this season, you were sort of chasing golden tickets at Bandera and Terawera. And you posted something about how you were just like feeling super fried and you needed to take a step back. Tell the audience about that and maybe how you navigated it. And, you know, obviously you're going to be starting UTMB this week. So you're probably feeling a little bit more confident in yourself at this point.
2: Yeah. Well, after having kids running is um, a little difficult to say the least. But, yeah, I was just I was on a mission to get a ticket and I really wanted one. And of course, I show up to Bandera and it actually has like some pretty good competitive people, including Courtney, who runs a phenomenal race. So really, there's only one ticket there. Um, And then I got, it went well for only being eight and a half months postpartum, but you have to get top two. So... And you were fourth or fifth? I was fourth. Yeah. Um, And then I knew Justin wanted to do canyons. And so I decided I'd do Terrawera, even though it was only five weeks later. Mm. And I think doing 100K when you're already, you know, you're only eight and a half months postpartum is already a lot. And then five weeks later is too much. But not me in my head, I was way more confident than the point where my body was at, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So like mentally, I was there. Physically, I had not caught up yet. Uh, So then I did Tarawera and thought I was going to have the race of my life ran way so too hard full send for the first 30 miles and just died a slow death. And I made it to the finish line. That's how I got my stones to be in okay. UTMB.
0: Yep.
2: Um, so luckily I got there, but it took a lot. I felt like I had a sacral stress fracture. I got an MRI afterwards. And then I finally was like, I think not I'm this done. Year. <laughs> yeah. Not Say this more year. about
1: just like, you know, bouncing back physically after having two kids? Cause you also posted, I think earlier this week about how you're just like not sure where you're at right now. And I'm sure there's a lot of like women out there who can sympathize about like just coming back from childbirth, especially as a high level athlete and, you know, wanting to return to the biggest stage in the world, like UTMB. But there is that, I don't know, just sort of like question mark in your head still.
2: Yeah, I think it's hard to just know yeah, where you're at. I mean, I guess kind of like coming back from an injury or like after the pandemic for a lot of people. Um, I think while I was pregnant, the sport was also leveling up at the same time. Mm. So not only was I out from having children, but I the sport just went to a whole nother level. Totally. So I don't feel like I only have to get back to where I was. I have to be even better. Such a good point. And that's, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't there at Bandera for sure wasn't there at Tarawera and I really haven't raced much since. So I guess we'll find out. (laughs) I'm not really sure, but I feel good. I feel a lot better than I did at those races. So.
1: Is there a process of like building that confidence again? Like after having kids?
2: Well, you know, weirdly, well, like how I said my mind was like way further there than like it went there way quicker than my body did. Yeah. And it was like too much confidence. I was
1: talking to Rachel Drake about this on the podcast like last week too. And I think she experienced something similar. Like she came back and she was feeling good and her head was in it. She was excited to compete again. And her body was like, you got to take this a lot slower.
2: Yeah. Your body takes a lot longer. But I think, I mean, you guys have a kid. Like after you have Mm -hmm. a kid, it's like things that you complained about before that seemed hard are not hard.
1: I mean, I can't. (laughs) <laughs> return to competition. I didn't even ask. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's just so
2: much different. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, especially like as the person who physically birthed them yeah, and they were so close together. I mean, I felt like I was pregnant for an eternity. Yeah. So I finally wasn't and I'm just like jazzed on everything. Like I want to run all the things. I want to run super far and fast and do all the competitive things. And it's just taken longer than I've liked it yeah. to take. But I definitely feel much better than I did physically I finally used to have I've had a lot more moments where I felt like oh this is what it's supposed to be like yeah. instead of just dreading like just feeling terrible every run and after every run and I need to nap but I can't nap because yeah. there's children to take care of um it's a different yeah game. it's just well, different good
1: for you I'm super excited to cheer for you this weekend Justin back to you Canyons felt like a bit of a breakthrough to me as just like a casual observer for you. Did, did you feel like that was like you finally sort of on a big stage, like racing to your potential and and how did it kind of inform how you're feeling about CCC this weekend?
3: Yeah, I think, um, in reality, I think it's the first time I've ever run an ultra distance beyond 50 K like appropriately. Mm. Like I remember, running early in the race and just feeling like I was out for a 10-mile jog kind of like with the boys and I just kind of like clung to that for 40 miles and oddly enough around 40 to 45 the whole field was moving quite quickly backwards and I still exploring. felt like I was out for my jog yeah so it was very like reassuring that I finally used my energy appropriately cuz I'm used to like I come from road and track and you just want to sprint to 50K and run whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can run, like, 50K with, like, your gap of sub-six minutes, and you're like, oh, I'm a boss. But yeah. you run 100K like that, and you blow up. So it just felt like I put things together in that way. And I think the biggest thing is Amanda and I train together probably 80% of our miles. Really? So um, the time on feet has really changed for me. And I've learned to, like... If you're running a hundred, like not like I'm always like obsessed with pace and pace doesn't matter, but all I have to do is run like 10 something miles on Friday, like 10 minute something miles, which on paper doesn't seem that wild to be in like the top 10. So it just really, but two years ago, I wouldn't touch a 10 minute mile, even if I was going up a 600 foot climb. So I just learned how to run a little slower mm. and more comfortably, I guess. And I think a big thing, like the last four months, our time on foot has gone up drastically. So I think your confidence has increased from that. And just like the enjoyability, like we just go kick it for four hours in the mountains while we have our nanny and it's like the best time. Yeah. And then you're excited to get back and see the kids as opposed to dreading it.
1: Yeah, so slower volume is sort of what you've been doing. Tell us then about, because you did like the GoPro 10K, I think <laughs> was sort of like a, kind of a key workout here, building up to CCC. Maybe just tell us a little bit about like the training specificity and, and maybe how, you know, you're sort of building things towards having a good one at CCC and if GoPro's relevant to that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that I'd say is not at all relevant to anything. <laughs> it's just me being stupid and they have like crazy prize money. And I've seen this race every year for three or four years. And I'm like, I could have gone and jogged and made a thousand dollars. So we just got out of bed early and went and ran it. It wasn't fun. I mean, it was just like, did hard. you make some money? Yeah, I made like $2,000. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> So just like free money. For I'm second like, place? Yeah.
1: What does first place get? Like 3000 Wow. It might have
3: been like 1750 I got, yeah. It's like between that and Canyons, because Canyons had like unannounced prize money, then hitting like a sponsor bonus at Canyons. It was like my most lucrative month of running in the history of my life. (laughs) For our
1: listeners, this is hilarious. Our son has been asleep in the room next door to us now. And we were joking before we hit record about how perfect it would be if he started crying and woke up in the middle of our interview with the great parents, Justin and Amanda. And he has started crying and Harmony is going to pick him up now. So this is perfect. So maybe on this parenthood subject then too, maybe Justin have you comment on it. Can we agree that... Dad's strength is a complete fraud and fabrication. I think
3: yes, in some ways, but then like last year at OCC, I had like a miserable big portion of the race and the guy over here, I saw him and finally started racing and realizing like you're in a race, you're in Europe, you hear like see one American cheering for you or doing whatever. And it kind of snaps you out of it. But then like, I think I got to like 10 miles to go and I ate it hard and I was like, I'm just done. Like this is miserable. (laughs) My goal was like top 20 and I had no idea what place I was in. But then I remembered my girl Rylan and like how much it would mean to like grab her at the finish line. And I was like, okay, like 10 miles get to Rylan. And then looking back, that's probably going to be a life highlight of any, whether I was a hundredth place or first place or whatever. But her running through the UTMB OCC shoot and having like a thousand people cheering and her looking left and right as a one-year-old thinking they're all there for her, which they were all cheering for her. They don't care about me, (laughs) but it was like just a special experience. So I think you find strength. It's definitely the lack of sleep, the lack of recovery. I don't know if Rhodes steals all your food, you're like trying to (laughs) eat some recovery and you're like, there it goes. Yeah. But, um, that all doesn't help, but then you find something somewhere where you're just excited to see your totally. kid again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing at Hard Rock, just whatever it was, a month and a half ago. But you still had a solid one at OCC last year, right? Weren't you like 14th or something like that? I was that? 12th. Yeah. 12th. No,
3: I mean, in the scheme of things, it was great, but I like almost had a gnarly fall early. And then Allie Mac just like blew by me, ate me up. And I was like, Way too early for Ally Mac to be (laughs) making (laughs) this slow. So I actually ran with her for like two miles. I was like, okay, I can just like keep going. And then I was just like, it's just like one, like for a short race, it just felt like a really long race.
1: 12th at OCC is good. Especially if you didn't have a perfect day. I think it pretends well for CCC this weekend. Amanda, you've had a couple experiences here also. I think you kind of had a tough UTMB Finished 17th or something, 30, 31 hours.
2: Yeah, pretty much walked that whole thing with Casey and Magda.
1: Oh, right. It was that year. Yeah. But then you finished second in CCC, which is freaking world-class, like, life highlight type of result. Maybe tell us anything that you learned from those two experiences and how it might inform UTMB this weekend.
2: Well, (laughs) 2017 UTMB, I did pretty much what I did in Terawara this year. I just sent it for 20 miles, <laughs> the first 20 miles of UTMB, and I was done. Like, I was ready to drop then. Huh. I somehow made it, I think halfway, and said I was gonna drop, and Magda and Casey walked in when, they, when I had said that, because they were having bad days too. They kind of had some rough stuff before the race. And they said, no, you're not dropping, you're coming with us. And so we walked together the entire way from halfway. And I'm so glad they made me do it. It's like UTMB is so hard and to even just finish is awesome. I mean, if I had DNF'd, I think I would have been really upset about it. And there was no reason. It was just me being a baby. I went too hard and it just hurt too much. Um, and then CCC, I think I did all of the things right. Um, and I was just in game mode. Like, you. I feel like I've done this a while, and there's only been a couple of times where I've been in this true race mode where you're just like game on. You don't see anything around you. And that's how I was at CCC. Um, I had a little bit of a fueling issue where I think I really uh, lost the ability to get Ragna, who won. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it went really well, and I just had learned a lot leading up to that. And,
1: so how yeah. do you thread that needle between like the death March UTMB and like the total game mode? <laughs> Is it just a matter of like race execution and psychology or how are you thinking about? Yeah. I, mean, I UTMB, think it's a monster. It's an absolute monster. And you're doing yeah. it again after one that didn't go perfectly.
2: Well, I think I feel like with hundred milers, which I haven't, I've actually started quite a few. I haven't done well at very many. Oh. Um, but I think I've only done well at a couple, both Western States and the rest of them have been rough. But I think, I feel like the thing I've learned is that it's so long, you can't get into that game mode too early. Because right. I'm just like full send from the start and you can't do that, you won't survive. And so I think for UTMB, it's like get through the night kind of reevaluate how it's going and you still don't even get in game mode. Then it's more like you still got another 20 miles of kind of getting in the groove and then it's on. So you just have to be a lot more patient and patience is not what I'm good at. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Neither am I. Justin, any, any goals or thoughts that you have in your head as you approach CCC this year?
3: Honestly, just, have a good day. Mm -hmm. It's really, I look at the field and it blows my mind. Like every race this year from OCC to CCC to UTMB. And I'm like, in their respective distance, like which field is actually better. I don't know. Like they're all wildly good. So I'm like, I could have the best day of my life and finish 30th. I could have the best day of my life and finish fifth. Like, and I have no idea. It all depends on how the other pawns in the game interact with
1: it really is the type of race where you just have to only focus on yourself because there's so many good good men and women in the field. Well, I have a uniform closing question I'm going to ask everybody who comes on the show in these next few days. And that is, who is going to be your crew to each of you? Why did you choose that person? And what have they meant to you over
2: the course of your life? Let me go first. Um, well, we kind of have a, a mashup of people, so, um, well, I have a random person that I actually don't even know who it is at Lake Uh, It's early; it doesn't matter. Yeah, I have, I have Brian Beckstead, who's the co-founder of Ultra. I've been with Ultra cool. I think yeah. eight years now. Um, and then Justin and his brother for part of it. But, so it
1: is a team effort. For yeah, you know? yeah. I we even have not allowed that. that. <laughs> I thought you had to like.
2: So if yeah, they have um, individual like aid station. Tags. Okay. Your person just have to, has to have that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah.
1: So you get to pull the anchor leg after running 100K.
3: <laughs> yeah. I better be done by then. Yeah. Um, for me, an ultra guy from the UK, Nick Hardy's going to help me out. We're still, we got to go to the elite thing, just figuring out all the logistics of crewing because it's kind of been a little bit of a black hole. Yeah. But he's a super cool dude. Met him over here last year. He did some like, Fun ultra running commentary and then i've actually run with him twice this past week and he's just like ringing with enthusiasm and positivity um so something you need to keep going when you're running a hard race totally
2: he came to our house too and he went on the brewery Um, run
3: yeah he ran magnolia to my favorite brewery, not a root brewery this past winter when they were in for a sales meeting. So yeah, just a good, good all around guy.
1: Yeah. Justin, I feel like, you know, we don't know each other super well, but I do feel like for you to have your best day, that's what you need. It's like, you know, like you said earlier, like at American river, it's like, this is stupid. This is pointless. And then at OCC, like, this is pointless. It's like, how do you avoid the moment of this is pointless? And it's just about like, maintaining the enthusiasm, I guess, and knowing that your daughters are going to be there at the finish line.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, not Amanda, just yeah. the daughters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I
2: won't be there. Sorry.
1: <laughs> well, good luck to you both. Thanks for coming on the show. And I can't wait to see the pictures of, uh, the kiddos crossing the finish line.
2: Yeah. Well, it's fun to come. Thanks for having us. Yeah.
1: Thanks a lot. Cheers.